Hallelujah. I want you to clap for your pastor. Put your hands together for... Hey, I said put your hands together for Reverend Kobe. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm always telling your father that sometimes when a handing over happens, you know, the father was here, and when he moves, the one who takes over, then the house will shake, and it will wobble. But this house didn't shake. Hey, I said the house didn't shake. It didn't wobble. It didn't start falling apart. Rather, it was growing. I wish you had been clapping. Put your hands together. Let's salute the man of God and his wife. Hallelujah. Amen. Record is working. And with your wife just holding you side by side, I mean, I mean, it's gonna work and it's working. And we just want to say we appreciate you so much. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you been showing your pastor that you appreciate him? Yeah. Hey. Have they been showing that they appreciate him? Okay. Have they been showing that they appreciate him? Okay. If they say that, then I accept. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. And to the pastors who stand by you, God bless you. Amen. It's a formidable church, I tell you. It's a formidable church. And we just thank God so much for your lives. And while you are still standing, I want you to put your hands together for your father. It's good you added the shout yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. You are, you are blessed to be his children. Oh, you are blessed uh, to be his children. Hallelujah. And I always want to remember my father, Bishop Dag. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at the things he has achieved in his lifetime, by the time he was 29, he had built his first church. Yeah. When I think about it, I'm like, Charlie. <laughs> Ask your neighbor so far how. Ask you in your, your 20s. I mean, you should just go and look for a venue. We are still talking. Just look for a venue. We are still talking. Eh? Your, your pastor said, go and start a basenta. You have excuses. Hey, Charlie. Hey. But the Lord is helping us. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for him tonight. Oh, Jesus, we bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Just lift your hands up with me tonight. You were awesome in this place. Please pick it in your key. And my voice is. You were awesome in this place. Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise. Mm. Sweet rain. Mm. Mighty. Yeah, in different keys. Mighty God, you were awesome. Abba Father, you are worthy of our praise. To you our lives we raise. 
Time, take it one more time. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty. Father, we can just feel you already. Thank you for your graciousness, your awesomeness, your love towards us. Thank you for gathering us here tonight. Lord, may you speak a word to us, a word in season, a word of encouragement, correction, help, sustenance. Whatever we need, let it be unto us in the name of Jesus. And at the end of it, may we just know that we've had an encounter with you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for salvation. We never knew that it would be on this fashion. And we are grateful. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. We're going to continue tonight what we talked about yesterday. Amen. But before I begin to talk about that, I know that many of you have visited the book table and I hope you're going to continue to do so. But I just wanted to highlight one or two books or just bring them to your notice. Is that okay? The first one is this one, which is about a year or so old, the Flow Prayer Book. It's, it's an excellent book. Have you ever wanted to pray, but you don't really have a prayer topic? Yeah, you just want to spend some time praying because you know it's a good thing to do. You don't really, really have anything on my, in mind. There are prayer topics here that you will never be short of a prayer topic. Never, ever. Amen? And so I just want to say to you, get it. And, and you know, many of these prayers were, what should I say? Pray that you will never repay good with evil. I just don't know what you are thinking about. We don't use body proportions. I mean, if the body proportions are nice and added, we thank God. But how can you take your whole life and then just by body proportions, which are changing every year? How? I mean, how? Tell your neighbor is deeper than that. How can you choose a wife? Based on that. You see, as they are all standing there shouting, based on, based on. Oh, me, Nassau. Oh. <laughs> when you see a brother and you tell the brother, this is a very good girl. I'm pet. I'm pet. I'm pet. It's a good, I'm still on this point here. Eh? You say she's a good girl. Oh, no, that's not it. Then you marry her, then tomorrow you come and tell me stories. You know, even as I'm talking, I'm just remembering, this one is not a son of mine, he's just a friend, a young friend. When he was going to talk to the lady, I want him. I want him. And I told him that, listen, my children, not me, I said, I don't know this for a fact. But my children told me that people from this place, they talk about a certain nation. This is how they are. 
So you will do well. And they went on the mission field. Hey, everyone copy. The drama is like it's like Nigeria movie. Hey, oh, I'm telling you, it's like Nigeria. Look, it's like Nigeria movie. Hey, oh. And this one is not only the guy bossing me, the girl too bosses me. Oh, eh, so me, I was not happy. So I went to the rehearsal. I cried. Imagine that you come to the rehearsal, choir rehearsal. Pastor's wife is crying. She's cried. Uh, she's supposed to lead the song. They are rehearsing. She's crying. Does it not mean that everyone says the pastor is a bad man? Hey. But that one is children. Oh. Anger issues. Anger. Anger. One, one Sunday, the guy called me. Every door in the house is broken. After breaking the door, she started on the sink. You, you, you are listening to me, but you... <laughs> I said, get the book and read it. And let wisdom and sense govern you and not the apparatus under your belt. Reverend said, come and carry your books away and don't let me talk about. <laughs> uh, please, bring me a copy of the Beauty and the Beast. Open one. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> I'm just proving to you that it's not just for the ladies. Are you here? Among the many chapters, the devoted husband, A1, and the fend for yourself husband, X5. There are two chapters in the book. Thank you very much. Hey! Drama day, the book is idle. To help you, the A1 husband and the X5. I know a lot of X5 brothers. They are all Christians. Fend for yourself. Wife must fend for herself. Children must fend for themselves. The man is there calling himself a man of God. The Bible says when you don't take care of your family, you are worse than an infidel. It's also in the Bible. And now that I'm saying it, see how you're all quiet and sitting down. But if I was giving it to the sisters, you'd have been on your feet saying, tell them, tell them, show them. Lady Reverend, people say that my father, he doesn't like the girls, he's always blasting us. But you are not there when he tells her husbands, give them money to go shopping. When last did they give you money to go shopping? When last? Stop intimidating her, Reverend Cobby. <laughs> wow. They said, give us, give us money because we like shopping. You don't want to hear that one. <laughs> that was. He gave her the ATM card. I believe you. I believe you. So please tell the brothers they should follow. I should stay here small. 
in other words, as you can see, we both need the learning, the adjustment, the adjusting, and the, and the beauty, the beast, and the pastor. It's an excellent cure. Excellent. If you are sitting by a sister, tell her that stop using your tears to manipulate. Please, I have to preach. I have to preach. It's not a marriage seminar. I've got to preach. i got to preach. i got to preach. <laughs> I'm going to tell your father that your, his children like these things too much. <laughs> but having said that, I think that it's a very good book to get. Next, yeah. It will help us to think correctly and rescue your home. Are you okay? Now, yesterday we began discussing something I was telling you about how the Lord makes use of us in families. He blesses us in families. He calls us. Usually he'll call one man, but he'll extend it through his family. Abraham was called. And after Abraham, we see that same promise going to Isaac. We see the same promise going to Jacob. Then we see that it is from Jacob that we get the 12 tribes of Israel. Hello, are you there? And it moves on and it moves on. And I shared with you how this is the same principle today, but in the spiritual realm. And so you see that one man gets a vision, one man has a call, and then you see how so many become attached to that call. Are you with me? They become the sons and the daughters of that ministry, and the work begins to move and to expand. And we see it over and over and over again. One John Wesley, there's Methodist Church up until today. It was just one man. That was just one man's call. He didn't even have the benefit of a proper wife helping him. It was just one. No, it's true. Just one man's. The beastliness of his marriage was, was, was really something, you know. Sometimes I feel that God allowed it just to prove that your ministry does not need to end. Even if the wife is against. She, she was not just not for. She was against. She was again, oh, the story is there. It reads again like an Anansi story. You think you are reading something that cannot be, yeah. But you see somebody totally out of control. And if he had left her, she would have spoiled the, the ministry that he was building. Thank God she didn't succeed because the glorious Methodist Church, today it is but a shadow of itself. But I believe that even now you can see it turning around. You can see that there are some movements and waves and things moving in the Methodist church. And one believes that they'll come back to, you know, what they used to be. The truth of the matter is that the one difference between them and the Pentecost church was that the Pentecost church always remembered who brought them forth. And the Methodist church did not. Yeah. Hey, you are very quiet. Oh. Even those of us who are not in the Pentecost church, we know of Mackie one John. Oh, you don't know Makiwon? Then they have Makiwon Center, Makiwon this, Makiwon that. I mean, the name is not allowed to die. And one time we asked some parents, so what do you do when you are at a meeting and your, you know, council meetings or whatever they call it, and you don't agree on something? They said they refer to the minutes of the meetings that they had when he was alive. And the thing, yeah, the thing. So just by, by keeping that vision of the founder alive, you see that it has built a formidable church. Oh, they are really formidable. Many years ago, they tasked themselves that 10% that of the nation will be Church of Pentecost. They hit it. 
either last year, yeah, this year I believe it was last year or so, yeah, they hit it. I don't know what new vision they've given themselves, but that's awesome when you can say that a whole nation, 10% of the nation are in your church. And they can prove it. They can prove it. They can prove it. Yeah. Hey, are you there? Yeah. But again, you see that the ministry, you can trace it to a source. You can trace it to somewhere and you can see how from there his sons and daughters have just carried the same thing on. Hallelujah. So we were studying this yesterday and I was sharing with you about how just because we say mommy or mama, mommy, daddy, poppy. So we don't realize that it actually means something. We normally use it as a sort of respectful way of addressing an older person, a senior person, a less formal way. But it actually means something. Tonight, I want to start by asking you to tell your neighbor two things of you that resemble your father. If you can say. <laughs> and don't tell me you are a girl. <laughs> What's he saying there? <laughs> what of you resembles your father? What of you resembles your father? Some of you better be honest and say she. You better be honest because you are talking too much. If it was real, by now you say my eyes, my ears. But look, plenty talking, plenty talking. <laughs> it's what? Too much explanation. It should just be. If I ask you now, what of you resembles your physical, biological father? Can you not say it? My eyes, my arms, the way I walk. You don't need a whole, you see, my father has very long legs and mine are a quarter of my father's legs. And No, 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 no. In the same way, spiritually, I'm asking you, what of you resembles your father? And that's where you will suddenly see that maybe you're not really a son. Maybe you're not really a daughter. You've been saying, Daddy, this, that. But it is important to become a son, at least if you want to be exceedingly fruitful. If you really want to be fruitful and multiply, you better know that you must look like your father. Hey. The church is trying to be quiet on me tonight. Tonight, don't do that, oh. Eh. We are here together. Hallelujah. And so last night, we started to use the story in 2 Kings chapter 2. By the way, I bring you greetings from Archbishop. And he says that, oh. <laughs> He's also looking forward to seeing you one day. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're using this story in, this, in 2 Kings chapter 2 because it is one of the most beautiful stories of sonship. Amen. And by the way, Elisha had a father. So Elijah was not his physical father. He was his spiritual father. We see it in verse 12 when he's even lamenting as Elijah is taken off. You see him shouting, my father, my father. But he has a, 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 a biological father. Hallelujah. Now I shared with you yesterday, let's pick it up and let me just quickly go through. I'm just picking up the momentum. We talked about Gilgal, the place of sacrifice the place where the manna ceased. Amen? Are you there? Yeah. And, and how essential it is that if you are going to, to be somebody who, who follows your, your, your father or who you know, resembles him, these are areas that you must resemble him in the area of your sacrificing. Amen? And by all means, something will be, will be required of you. 
Amen. And I talked about how the manna ceased. You should ask yourself, so who feeds your father? Where does he get what he needs for the ministry? Uh -huh. So in the same way, you too, you must start carrying your small portion of it. As we, we go along, it will be increased. Reverend said, say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then we went on to Bethel. And we identified Bethel. You see, these guys, I mean, Elijah and Elisha are walking together. And they are going to these places and stopping at, at significant places in the life of, of Israel. And each one meant something. And you can see that at the end of it, Elisha was able to get a double portion of his father's anointing. Amen? So if we're just looking, what do these places, if you like, you can say, what are these places prophetically in the life of a believer as you follow your father? Amen? And we talked about Bethel being the place that takes you further away from your vision. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt that something that has been given to you is going against the way that you want to go, not towards the way that you want to go, you know? Last night, as we were going home, Lady Reverend Humi was reminding me of a time like that. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> I should tell you the story. <laughs> we had moved from Tamale to Kumasi. In Tamale, she was still assisting me there for a time. And I, the church I was pastoring was a thriving church. And I came to the Adriasi church. And the Adriasi church was, you said, it was 23 people. Out of the 23, six of them had come with me. Seven or, or six or seven? What about six? I don't know. Had come with me. So that means the church was about 17 people, which was smaller than one third of the choir that I had in the church I was coming from. And they sent me a message before I came to the church that they don't even want a female pastor. And this was the, the message I came to meet. And one day I was talking to Lady Reverend Humi and another of my spiritual daughters, Lady Pastor Amy, and I was talking to them and I said, what Gilgal is this that God has brought me? <laughs> and that what sin have I committed? I must really have upset God for him to have brought me to such a place. And, and they, they, were, they were talking to me and they were sitting in my room. You see, there are some places that you don't take people, only those who are very close to you. They were in my inner chamber. I'll tell you why it is important. This point is important. There was nobody with us, just myself and the two of them. And they had been talking about various things to do in the church. And I told them that, listen, what is happening to me here? I mean, right now, I mean, if God is against you, what are you going to do that it will even work? So all these points that you are bringing, it cannot work. It cannot work. Now, during that time, there was uh, one of these uh, denominational um, um, conventions, and um, Reverend Steve Mensah of SEM had been invited, a very powerful preacher. And he came and he was preaching. And towards the end of his um, sermon that night, that's the night of the day I spoke with them, then he called and said, Mommy, I don't know, but I feel that I need to pray for you. And so, uh, if they say they'll pray for you, why not? You know, even though I had no expectations because I was so sure that where I was in life, God was not happy with me, you know. Anyway, so I um, came and he started. Then he suddenly began to prophesy. And to my shock, what I had said in my inner chamber 
in my inner chamber where nobody was. He started to say it. Do not say that. Then he began. <laughs> I remember as I stood here, I heard a scream for this, from this corner. The other lady who was with us, she couldn't believe it. She actually screamed. It's like, what? This thing that we have said in secret, God, you have got to say it here. <laughs> you have come to say it here for everybody to hear and I just heard her fall to the floor you know and he began to prophesy over my life and he began to speak and he began to speak and that was what brought me out of that hole that I had fallen into are you there I pray that tonight the Lord will encourage you and <laughs> just bring you out you see we continued in that difficulty for a while but now i know that i knew that it was not that god was against me but it was part of the road amen so maybe you were doing something before it was booming and working and when you were moved from there to another thing the thing you have been moved to now is not working and then you are like hey pastor cry why he doesn't like me when I was with the choir, we actually, it was working. Now you have brought me from here and you have sent me to go and have this basenta somewhere at Aja and it's not even anything proper and as I'm even calling the people, they are not minding me. Eh? What is it? Why? Why have you sent me? <laughs> Aja. <laughs> it's part of your story. Hallelujah. It's part of Bethel, the place that looks different from where you want to go. And we talked about the fact that it's the place of dreams and visions. And I have to say that that night as Bishop, as, as Reverend um, um, Steve spoke, he began to prophesy things over my life that I've seen up till today. Yeah. He was the one who began to say, you will never be tired. Yeah. You will have the speed of a horse. You will continue to move. When they think they have left you far behind, that you should have stopped by now, you will still be coming. And I've heard this happen once or twice, and people come and say, ah, are you not tired? Why are you not tired? And I remember that night. You know, are you there? Because your Bethel is your place of dreams and visions. And God gives them to you to keep you going. Amen? To keep you going and to keep you knowing that, oh, you are still on your way. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. It is the place where you encounter God personally. It is also the place. You remember, after, while he was in Bethel, before he left, that was when, for the first time, Jacob now gave an offering. His own offering. His own type. It's a place where you are now going to believe God for yourself and for your own finances. Amen. Some of us, we pray about our finances. When we finish, then we send a message to our uncle. <laughs> are you believing God or are you believing your uncle <laughs> of course if the Lord tells you to ask your uncle that's different but for many of us after we've asked him no then we now ask our classmates well, yeah is it true or it's not true but now you begin you see and the truth is that the finances is important because as you can see everything that you are doing on earth requires the money you're bringing 10 people. You need to bring them. It requires money. Faith answers all things in heaven. Money answers all things on earth. 
<laughs> it's in the Bible. Money answered all things. Yeah, that's what it means. That by it, you are able to do many things. Hallelujah. And so he needed to learn it at this point and at this time. Hallelujah. Ah, okay, thank you for the scripture. I hope you can see it. A feast is made for laughter and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Amen. And because of that, you're going to have to learn your own work, how to prosper in the ministry and how to raise up money for the things that you need to do. Amen. Because some of us, our mind is abiding. Uh, when we are in church, it's now the church that is the abiding. Yeah. Yeah. So just like how we think that government should pay for everything, including the deserting of the gutter in front of your house. That's how we are also in the church. That now everything the church should pay. But me, when people say those things, I ask them, you, you're, you're, you're offering how much? <laughs> Amen. So today I want us to continue. They went to two other places before they, you know, the story ends. Now, so here they are. We're in verse 4 now. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 4. Elijah said unto him, said unto him, Elijah, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as I the Lord liveth, I thought by now you'd be telling your neighbor, as the Lord liveth. <laughs> And as thy soul liveth, <laughs> I will not leave thee. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so they came to Jericho. Another very, very significant city in the life of Israel. Hallelujah. The first thing that we note of the town Jericho is that it was the place of war. It was the place of war. Amen. Many people are surprised when you speak about war. I know that you had a camp on the good general, so you are not surprised. But the warfare is real. The war is real. And it extends from the war with yourself, your flesh, all the way to the war with spiritual entities. Amen. If you're going to make it, if you're going to do anything, in the house of God or become anyone in the house of God, you're going to be able to make war. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Yeah. Hey. But let's read a couple of scriptures. I first of all want to read the scriptures. You know, sometimes when you say that to be a Christian is to be at war, you see that people have a very funny way of thinking about Christians and the church. It's like, oh, we should be some, just sit there, let everything ride over you. You know, so I want to read a couple of scriptures. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. I'm reading from verse 11. I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth make him, doth judge and make war. Who do we know who's called faithful and true? Okay. The way your Jesus is not even strong. You let me continue. <laughs> Let me continue so I convince you that it is him. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Who do we know who is called the Word of God? John chapter 1 
John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Are you there? All right. And it goes on to say in verse 14, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Hallelujah. So we are in a war. You are in it, whether you like it or not, and whether you know it or not. And it's very important that you know that you are at war. Amen? When you do not know that you are at war, or when you forget, we are just living through a time like that. Yeah. Hello? I said we are just living through a time like that. Israel knew that they were at war, but they underestimated their enemy. They underestimated, which is a bit surprising for them. They underestimated the enemy and they have paid for it with their lives and the lives of their children and the lives of their elderly people. Hey. And some of us are paying because, yes, you brought the person to church, but you didn't make war. You didn't pray over the person. You know, nowadays we talk a lot. A lot of talking, a very little praying for the person. Can I ask you an honest question? Will you answer honestly? You answer honestly. Hey, the way some people are doing, you know, it's like you are. <laughs> oh. Okay, then close your eyes. Everybody should close their eyes so nobody will see the answer. If you open your eyes, you'll be in trouble. So don't open your eyes. Close your eyes. Hey, the two guys at the back, are you inside the church? Uh-huh. Close your eyes. Okay. So the question is, how many of you have a prayer list of names of people that you pray through? Let me see your hand. About, from my judgment, maybe 30. Reverend Copy, is it about 20% with the arms and hands up? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. You can put your hands down. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. You see, because I noticed there was a time when it was 100%. Everybody, you knew that I'm praying for this. The list is of varying lengths. One person, two people, 10 people, 20 people, but there was a list. I noticed some time ago that nowadays there are no lists with names. They are general prayers. They are general prayers. But Paul said, my little children, for whom I travail again till Christ be formed in you. I don't know how we're going to do that with a whole... It seems to me, you know, that he says, I make mention of you daily. So at least mention the name, eh? Mercy. You see that the question was not so bad. You know, so if you are here and you don't have a list of names, please make one. Put your sheep on it, your family members who are not uh, born again, your neighbors who are walking around. So even if you are not somebody who is, you know, like sometimes there are jobs people are doing in church where you don't have direct sheep. There are people to pray for. There are people to war over. Are you there? Determine in your heart that you will not go to heaven and find that your sibling is in hell. And many siblings, there are siblings that when you preach them, they don't listen. No problem. But as you pray, God himself will, you know, sort out 
the means by which they will even hear the gospel. So you must make the war over them. Am I talking to someone this, this evening? Hallelujah. But let's just read one or two other scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures is in Revelation chapter 17. From verse 12 to 14. When I say favorite, just because it sounds like such a wonderful contradiction. <laughs> Do you have my scripture? I wonder. Just check for me because I'm looking for the scripture that says it could be another version. The Lamb made war. Check the NLT. The Lamb made war on the ten kings who united themselves against him and overcame them. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings, one out, out with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb. Are you there? These shall make war with the lamb. And I'm saying that it is a contradiction because we don't know lambs fighting. We don't know lambs to fight. But Jesus is the lamb of God and here we see him being depicted as one who fights war. Our leader cannot be at war and we are at peace. I'll check that scripture for you as soon as I can. But in some, come again. 1714. Yeah, I don't know what you had on the screen there. Because I quoted from 12 to 14 in my notes, but he had something else there. Can we see it? Revelation 17, 14. Yeah, these shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. You know, does a lamb fight? A lamb looks like the most, the weakest, most gentle, most peaceful thing, but here it says that they make war. Hallelujah. Am I talking to someone tonight? Tonight that I'm talking about who I can see you are very quiet. Psalm 18 and verse 34. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of it on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed the good profession before many witnesses. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8. This charge I commit unto thee, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Just giving you more and more scriptures that we are at war. Hallelujah. The fight of faith is a war. Hey. Is a war to live a clean life. Or, or are you there? It's not difficult at all. Charlie, we'll find a quiet. It's not a problem. I mean, it's not a problem for you. Generally, you are walking in holiness. I think for many, it's a war. It's a war. It's a war to keep your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. You know, I remember recently, my father had been saying that these guys who have been saying all these things, oh, idiot, if they come back, he will take them. As he was sitting there, I was saying that, no, 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 no. My ma I realized I would really struggle. I thought we are love. But I had to admit that I would struggle. I would, not just struggle, I would really struggle. Are you there? And I said, oh, God. 
Come again. I started. <laughs> well, you see, I started, I started debating the issue, discussing the issue with the Lord. That's up our God. The way these people have troubled us. No. Please don't let them come back. I beg you. Hey. Yeah, look, I'm bad. Eh? I'm sorry. In fact, the first time he said it we were in a meeting, and I, I just stopped myself from shouting. You don't mean it. But that was what came to me. What? How possible? But it is because the person's mind is on eternal things. I want to go to heaven without unforgiveness against somebody, without hardness. Charlie, I, I need to go to heaven. Lord Jesus, help me. I also want to go to heaven, please. But Lord, you say you will not test us more than we are able to stand. Oh, God. Have mercy on us. You say you remember our frame. You remember that we are bad dust. Lord, this why it's hard. Hey! <laughs> Hallelujah. But tonight, I wanted to say one particular thing about war. <laughs> and that is this. That every army... Okay, I don't know about Ghana army. You know, some of our armies, you can't easily, you can't easily see their, their training things. You can't get it to read easily like some of the other. The, uh-huh. But many of the armies have selection and maintenance of the aim as their first goal or their first priority. That when they have decided to do something, to select it and to maintain it. Are you here? That is very important. What we see happening around is that many churches are still there, but they have changed their aim. As soon as our aim stops being focused on soul, soul winning, as soon as our aim becomes entertainment, as soon as our aim becomes money, as soon as our aim becomes... Give me, give me something. What? hospitals, orphanages, school, like your aim. You are losing the way. You are losing the way. Are you here? Hey, you are very quiet on me again. Oh. You know, and so that, that is one of the main wars, to stay with what you have decided that you are going to do. Selection and maintenance of the aim. Hallelujah. And you will find that there are so many things distracting us. So many things. We even have gospel songs that they won't even, they won't encourage you. They won't lift you. It's just, <laughs> hey, Charlie. <laughs> but it didn't used to be so. Yeah. It didn't used to be so. It used to be that gospel music was something that it lifted you up. We have songs. I have had songs that I've liked. And when I've seen the video, I've packed it. Yeah. The video of the song did... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm the only one. You have not seen those videos before, you see. Okay, I'm sorry. But you see, it happens because you were aiming for something and then you shifted. So sometimes the shift is because of money. If we go the way that we are supposed to go, it's not going to bring us money, so we shift. 
I hope you are getting it. You see. And anything that you do because of money will spoil. You will not do it properly or you will not do it honestly. Like a hospital that you are running for money. The person doesn't need CS. You are doing CS because... <laughs> On a normal bet, it's just some... What? Um, some few cities. But this one, in the thousands, then they'll keep you certain number of days because every day yeah, in the bed is money. You have become a bad doctor. You have become a bad doctor. You are a lawyer. You are a lawyer for money. So anything that money becomes the, the reason, no other things falls, you see. And the same way, a church, that the reason becomes money. And there are churches like that. Yeah, where we are going to have these programs like this, 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 because of money. You can fall into it very easily. Very easily. You know. So it is one of the wars that you need to... A harvest is okay. Because it is okay to have an aim that, oh, we need to... After all, the church must survive. So depending on how you are organized, you might say that once in a year, we really try to do our best so that... That is not a problem. I'm talking about how you have an aim and you deviate... Uh-huh. Come again. I can't hear. Uh-huh. Hey, Charlie. Can you imagine? Every prayer topic you bring, have you seen the deviation? Then you start to make the water that you have colored. And then what? Oh. And then oil. Colored. Oh. Why? You see, what has happened is that you have deflected in your aim. Now you are looking at what can I do to bring in money. So you probably started, let me begin to do this thing because my prayers will help people, heal people, give people direction. You, you started with an honorable aim. But somewhere along the line, you realize that if I can make it a little more spooky, they'll pay a little more. Yeah, exactly. It brings in more. It brings in more. You can increase your income. Hey, it's very serious. Oh. It's very serious. So watch out. Watch out. Watch out that you are not coming to church because of a certain brother. Mercy. Mercy. As soon as you get married, we don't see you so much in church anymore. Yeah, there's somebody I'm going to ask that question very soon. Somebody in my life, I'm going to ask him that really, it was the wife you wanted. Now that you have a wife, we ain't seeing you so much. Yes. I haven't mentioned your name. Why are you? I'm... But you see, but that is a wrong aim. It's not a good reason to be coming to church. If you are in church, you must look for a wife in church. Look for a husband in church. But if that is your reason for coming, it means that as soon as you get it, it's no longer, you are no longer attracted. And you see, the prophets will tell you that this is their main problem. That people will flock to the church and as soon as they get what they wanted, they stop coming. You see, they stop. You would have thought that when they get what they want, say, oh, this is a good place to be. 
This is a good place to be. Let me stay. Let me become a member here. Out of gratitude to God, let me be here. But you see that no. Because the aim was this particular thing they were coming for. Once they get it, they are gone. You see. But you, when you make up your mind and your aim, Charlie, keep it. That is the first war that you have to keep. Hallelujah. Are you there? The Bible says, can two work, work together except they be agreed? You cannot work with your father if you have another aim. Because you know and I know that he's not in it for money. You know and I know. Uh, your yes, it doesn't have any power in it. <laughs> yeah. No, are you understanding what I'm saying? So there's no way. You don't resemble him. As soon as you begin to have those, um, what do you call them? No, you don't resemble him. No. Tell me about, what they are saying, you. Hallelujah. Can we continue? The time is running. <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> There's a beautiful thing about Jericho. It was the place where they got rid of disloyalty. Yes, 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 yes. They got rid of disloyalty. After they had crossed over the Jordan and they came and walked around Jericho and Jericho fled. And I mean, they, they, you see, they had come to a point where they were now, um, what should I say, pledging their loyalty to Joshua because of what they had suffered in the wilderness. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 18 it's a very nice scripture. And this were the people telling Joshua, Whosoever he be that doth repent, rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. You see, they had experienced the frustration brought upon them by their fathers to be born and to be walking around a wilderness every day. And if you look at the, the maps that they show you, they were literally walking in a circle. Those 40 years. Hey. We are walking from here to Techima. To Sunyani to Kumasi. To Techima. To, Kumasi, to Sunyani to Kumasi. To Techima. That's all we had. 40 years. Hey. So when they realized that they were being brought out of it and God had picked Joshua as the they were like anybody. Mm. anybody no we don't want to go another round no we don't want to do another 40 years when you speak as our leader anybody who says kill him don't even die kill him just finish him here finish him here amen and that is another thing about Jericho. And the first person whose disloyalty you should kill is your own. It's your own. The decision to follow your father is your decision. And some of you, you open up for foolish questions too much. Some questions don't need to be asked. If you keep on asking a certain kind of question, I can promise you your fate in a few years. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Decide that this is where I am. This is it. This is my house. My father is a good father, and that is it. And we are moving. And so, what if he makes a mistake? Are you his parent? 
are you his employer? Are you his father? Hey, the church is quiet again. Oh. I'm enjoying the quietness. It's a very peaceful night. You see, we need to come to a place where we will not have it. Yeah. And first of all, you yourself must have that. I will not have it. I will not take it. Are you there? Yeah. Hey, Charlie. Bishop Kobe. Hey, Reverend Kobe. Hey, the Bishop Kobe. I think it was, is there a prophecy that is coming? Merci. Reverend Kobe. Uh, you never know because it just slipped out. I wasn't thinking about it. But you know, come to that point. Yeah. Come to that point. I will accept it. That was a few months ago. Somebody came. We were asked to do something. It was difficult to do. Father Daddy says, do this, this, this. It was difficult to do. And then, you see, as soon as you come into those things, then he wants to start. Was ah, what is that? I just made up. I said, look, this man he has been good to me all my life. All my life. It's not today. It will change. Finish. End of story. The answer is yes. The answer is amen. We are done. We are moving on. Hey, question. Yeah, but can we not be thinking about it? You see, by the time you have been told to go, and, to go somewhere and you start to think about it, you won't go. You won't go. Because you have forgotten that there's somebody against you. So are you saying that I shouldn't use your mind? You have been using your mind. Now. Where has it taken you? No, no, no. It's just a question. All this you are thinking of your mind. Where has it carried you? Where has it carried you? It's just a question. Has it made you what? Has it made you a better believer? Has it drawn you closer to the Lord? Please, just, just start moving and don't worry us. So are you saying that? Are you, say, you see, I would rather make a mistake thinking that God has sent me and he has not. If I went, I went in the simplicity of my he will have mercy on me and sought me out. Than to say I won't do and he was actually the one behind it. Hey! That one is like I've collected my life. So I have a question for you. It is now 921. Which of you can tell me what is going to happen here at 1021? Do you know? You don't know. You don't know one hour from now what will happen. But you know what will happen in the rest of your life. You cannot tell what is going to happen in five minutes' time. But you know what will happen in your 40 years. You know, if you think about it, you realize that. Hmm. If you think about it, you realize that honestly and truly, we don't know. So if you say that you are a man or a woman of faith, and this is your man of God, ah, God, I know that if you are talking to me, you talk to me through a man. And I presume that that is what you are doing. So help me, God. Let's go. I'm going to pray about it. All your praying that you have been praying till now. Hey, I don't even know why I'm sharing these things with you, please. Eh? I don't normally say such things in public. <laughs> it's a family meeting. Thank you very much. Hey, are you there? One of our sons was being sent to mission South Africa. I think it was, everything was ready. A few days before exit to South Africa. 
change Madagascar. We never went to ask any question. We never asked. Hey, why are you now changing your mind? South Africa, he has been there before. Oh, it is a better place. Oh, it's an okay place. Why have you changed your mind? No. 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 First of all, we didn't send him. That's the first thing. Second, go. Do you know that within two months of that, the first xenophobic attacks in South Africa happened? And I realized, at least for me, that I don't know how I would have stood that. That my child is in a country that the people are against foreigners. I'm coming to me in Delhi. It's better there in Madagascar. There's nothing there that will do nothing. <laughs> it's a very beautiful place, but Charlie, the poverty is also there. Pa. But it's safer. I said, this one I can't tolerate. This one I wonder. But at that time, it was not obvious. We didn't know that South Africa was going to go. It, it hadn't started sliding down. It was a good place. But then it slowly but surely began to descend. Do you know that today, the South African airport, which used to be like any international airport, people going coming, it's quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet. Apart from those who have to go, nobody is going there. They are even trying to start their airline again. No, beyond to know. Hey, the church is quiet on me. Yay. You know, so I'm just saying that there's a faith element. You see, some of you will come and say, eh, so are you saying that I should follow blindly? Your eyes are open. I asked you what is happening in an hour's time. You cannot tell me. With your what? Your eyes open. I want to believe that my man of God, the way he prays, the Holy Ghost leads him. Your father is like that too. Or he's not like that. So, okay. The praying is praying. You have not prayed like that. Please, are your people praying as your father is praying? Like that? So, you believe that? Okay, so God is talking. And this person, he prays more than I do. After all, how do you know that when you are going for lectures, what the lecture is saying is true? The lecture, this is your ungodly lecture. You accept that what he's saying, you know? It's fact. You don't go and check it out anywhere. I'm yet to see you going to look for an encyclopedia to check whether what he taught me today is it there. You have baked your life or banked your life on it and come out today telling me that you are engineer, architect, pharmacist, something, something, something. Based on what this person told me. Meanwhile, sometimes he's an uncircumcised Philistine. That one you are able to take. But your man of God who is praying and is praying and is praying and is praying is on his face praying and praying and now that he's coming out and he's trying to follow the voice of God, you say you are going to do what? Ah, you are going to think about it. Let me solve your problem for you. As a rule, we don't think. There are a few males who think. The rest of us, we don't think. Even the males cry. We don't think. Oh, You want me to prove to you that we don't think? Ah, I should give you one, just one example. Eh? Hmm. If you were thinking, the money that was today's date, today is 11th, the money you have in your pocket, 11th October, look at the money in your pocket. If you were a thinking person, how are you going to live till the 30th of this month? Just show me how you are going to do it. If we were a thinking people, and cut depression, a queen and da da da. 
Because the truth is that some of you can't even see beyond the 13th, two days from now. Some of you cry, how you came? You don't even know how you go. But we are here, we are laughing, we are jumping, we are... Do you accept when I say we don't think plenty? The people who think plenty, they are the ones who kill themselves often. The people think plenty. Yeah. And it is because they need to know what will happen this month, next month, following year. They need to know. So when they can't see it, not depression, Abba. Calculations one. You want me to prove to you that you don't think that we don't think because I'm inside? You have one child. Already budget, no answer. And you are expecting the second one. If we were thinking after number one, we'll not do the two. We'll not do the two. But not only will we do number two, number three is coming. It's true or it's not true. So please, have we accepted that the thinking dear? We don't do plenty. <laughs> The truth of the matter is that it is one of our blessings. It is part of the reason why we are able to move in faith. It's part of the reason why we are happy. But it also has the downside. Are you there? So if you will accept that, I don't really think so much. You will accept many things that God is talking. I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm gone. When I left Tamale to come here, Tamale, my husband and myself, we knew. Before we came back to Ghana, we knew. God was sending us to Tamale. We knew. So when we joined the church and the pastor said, I want to send you to Tamale, he was saying what we already knew. But I told you what happened about Kumasi. Have you thought about Kumasi? No. Ah, ah, sorry. I'm thinking about it now. So when the sending to Kumasi came, you could easily say that, ah, but God himself spoke to us about the first one so now talk to me again about the second one at the time when we were coming home there was no connection to any man of god here god spoke to us direct i mean told us in different ways and we knew this is where we are going a place we had never been before but now we were here now we had a man of god and now we've received a call move to Kumasi. we should tell him that we're going to pray hey the church has become very quiet too let me tell you what happened. So, we had accepted. I mean, it was a place that we loved. We've been there for 15 years, and we really loved it. I don't care what you think about it, but we did. We really liked it. And then, <laughs> we had agreed. We started packing. My husband had come for some meetings here in Kumasi. I was in the house. And one night, suddenly, hey, this Kumasi, we are going. The way that we live, crowd, we even find a place that can hold all of us. Hey, what is there? How is that? By the end of the evening, I was totally miserable. This was some, about a week and a half after we knew we would move. So the next morning, my husband called. We're talking before his meeting would start. And then I told him that, oh, in fact, I was saying, oh, yes, I'm not happy at all. As I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about this. I'm just thinking about that. Do you know what he told me? Satan has visited you. It's not a bab, it was the truth. You were okay with the transfer. You were okay. You didn't have a problem with the transfer. 
you had even started packing. There was no issue. You rather were comforting your people. Since that time and now, what has changed? Is it not Satan who has visited? So when I put the phone down, I just said, hmm. I said, number one, this man, he doesn't talk like that often. Doesn't, it's not his, he doesn't usually send such. I said, it is true. Who is this talking? It is true. Hey, I've seen you. Get it behind me. He never returned. Yeah, Satan never returned. Never returned. Am I talking somewhere? He never returned. Anyway, what on earth was I saying that led me into all this? <laughs> Amen. You know, so I'm just sharing with you about getting rid of the disloyalty and just moving out in faith, trusting your life to God. He is the one who has placed you under the person he's placed you with. Believing that, me, I believe that if my father is making a mistake, God will tell him. God will tell him. I, I, don't, I don't think that I need to do so much about it. Hey, hmm. Jericho, the place of authority. Jericho was the place that the authority, we began to see the authority of Joshua. When they brought down the walls of Jericho, Joshua placed a curse. He said that if anybody rebuilt those walls, till today, modern Jericho has no walls. Turn your Bible, First Kings chapter 16, verse 34. In his days did Hail the Bethlehemite, Bethlehemite build Jericho. He laid the foundation in Abiram, his first son, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segum, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. The words that Joshua spoke, when he spoke them, this man who contravened it that is coming to build the wall, when he started, one son died. When he finished, another one died. Because a man of authority had spoken. A time comes in the following, as you follow your father, that you begin to be somebody with authority in your mouth. And the things that you say begin to happen. Hallelujah. You have done, you have waged your wars and you have stood your stance. And you have, you have backed up your man of God and you have believed and you have moved and you have gone. And authority begins to move with you. Hallelujah. Are you there? And that is the difference between somebody who can command five people to follow him and somebody who can command 20 people. Very different levels of authority. Am I speaking to someone tonight? Wow. And with that, we come to 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 6. I'm going to read again from verse 6 to verse, I mean, 6, 8, and all the way to 12. Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, hear, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. You know what Elisha normally says? As the Lord lives, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave you. And the two of them went on. Now verse 8. Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. You see, have you noticed that Elisha is now asking not just for what his father has, but a double portion. You need to be able to see what you must see. Somebody, Bishop Doug always says, somebody will say, I want your wife. And somebody will say, I want your house. But Elijah, what he was seeing was the anointing. See the anointing on your father. Hallelujah. 
Then he goes on to say, you have asked a hard thing, verse 10. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so. And if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. Jordan is the place where you begin to see that your desires are met. Those dreams and those visions begin to come to pass. Amen? See how Elisha suddenly, can you see that he's beginning, he's beginning to see how Elijah used to see things. Elijah will see very directly into the spirit realm. Are you there? Mm. And, and here we see Elisha also having a very clear vision of the horses and the chariot and seeing the whirlwind and all that as Elijah um, was being taken up. So you see that he's finally beginning to get what he asked for. Hallelujah. Now, there are a number of key things that I would like you to, to just take note of. You see, for instance, that it required a certain alertness. If you see me, if you see me, how alert are you? How alert are you? Focused on what is going on. Focused on your man of God. It was required. Hallelujah. It was required. It was something he needed to have. He needed to see. Amen. That was why yesterday we spent a long time just talking to you about your, um, what do you call it? The, the grace on the, on the ministry. Just trying to help you to see. Are, are you there? Trying to help you to see. And you know, one of the things that happens in many meetings at times when you need to see something, somebody will be talking to you, distracting you. Mm. And you should be allowing yourself to be distracted. Hey, laptops at the back say amen. Having those that they didn't say amen because they didn't hear what I said. <laughs> Mercy. Somebody should ask them at the back if they are alert or not. <laughs> oh, chair, you are now alert. <laughs> but you know, some of the tasks that you do in church, you should be careful. Ashes, media, laptop people, be careful. Be careful. Photographers, sometimes instrumentalists, be careful. You are often distracted by whatever is in front of you. Some of you come to church and you're on your phone. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to go into detail. Yeah. You see, at the all night, as people are praying, you're on your phone. Your alertness is affected. Amen? Your what? Your alertness. Yeah, it's affected. But here, the guy was told, if you see, you can have. Do you know that most things, in order to have it, you have to be able to see it? If you don't see it, you won't get it. If you don't see it, you won't get it. Hey. Like what? If you can't see your house, you probably won't finish building it. Hey. Mercy. Mercy. As for wishing you want a child, by just... 
You have to see it. Ask your neighbor, what have you been seeing? <laughs> and then we can see that at the end of this time, as he saw him going, you see that he tears his clothing and he puts on his father's dress. He's now wearing the garments of his father. The anointing has finally come. Hey! Ask your neighbor, you cry, they give it to you. Will you know what it is? If you say, oh, what t-shirt is this? Man, I don't like this color. <laughs> it's too big. It's not my color. No, it's not my color. It's not my size. <laughs> but you see, it is symbolic of something. It's, you see that he, he respects the thing that he got from his father. Yeah. He respected it. It was of value to him. And as he put it on himself, you know the end of the story. As he was going back, he discovered that the anointing of his father. He got it. He got a double portion of it. My expectation of you is that you will do twice as well as your father. You see. Because you have him as your foundation. Yeah. You have him as your foundation already. I usually use I'm looking for a child. I cannot find any child that we can carry. You can find one. Is there any child who will not shout if Reverend Seth carries him? I just want to show you something. <clears throat> I want a bold child. A child who doesn't mind. Please don't cry, I beg you. I just want you to show something. So assume that this is a father. <laughs> There's a child. All right. Can he carry you? Ah, uh, beautiful. You people don't laugh and let her cry, I beg you. But I want to show you something. Just by following, her starting point is higher than her father's end point. Just by following. Just by following. Where she is, he never got there. Uh, oh, you can't see Reverend's height. Can you see his height? Yeah. But just at the beginning, just by deciding that I'm a child, just by deciding I can be carried, just by deciding that I, I need to be like my father. You see the way she just accepted that? Yeah, she came, she didn't even know what they're coming to do. You are busy asking questions. Eh? Why should I come? Why are you calling me? Who are you? Are you sure you can carry me? What's your name? I don't like the shape of your head. I don't want to sit on your shoulders. I don't have you seen why you don't have one anointing? Eh? Anointing free. Ask your father foolish questions. Why, why are you calling me at this time? Why why do you say we should come to Accra now? Did you not know last week that you are going to call us today? Why have you now called that we should come now? Don't you know that we have work to do? Do you think we are just sitting down there just waiting? You see, they did actually. These are the kind of questions that remove anointing from your head. But if you are going to accept that there's somebody called the father, and me, I am his child, and as his child, it is my privilege to sit on his head. You think you can just climb and sit there? It's a privilege. It's a privilege. You should ask yourself whether your father will feel secure enough to put you here. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. And if you are wise, if you have been able to sit here, your father has brought you there. Please, can I borrow the water? Please open it for me. 
You see, the little girl, she doesn't understand so much of what we are doing. I, I like, if you were wise, you would be holding the bottle and giving it to him to drink the water. Yeah. Or oh, drink. Yeah. Not me. She would have been holding. Yeah. Yeah. But some of you be sitting there, then you start to knock his head. Yes. <laughs> You'll be sitting there doing other things. Hey. You are complaining. You are up there grumbling. Daddy, why are you walking, bad man? You are not walking fast enough. Your beard is too white. <laughs> eh? You are walking. You should be running by now. I was looking for a horse to be carrying me. They will put you down on the ground so that you go and get your own anointing and your own something. And we'll see whether you be you. So imagine how long it will take for her to get to his height if she's put down. Yes. Yes. And now, just by accepting, just by accepting, just by receiving, she was over there minding her own business, playing her own plane. Somebody just went to the corner and said, come. Her brother, she didn't have any idea why. And she was put here. No wonder Jesus said that before we can enter heaven. Unless we become as little children. Unless we become as little children. My prayer for you and for me is that we'll be children. Children to our fathers. That God will grant us the grace to be a child. The grace to just believe. The grace to just accept. The grace to just, just, just follow. The grace to just do as we are asked to do. We'll get much further than some of the things we are doing. Thank you so much, sweetheart. You've been a wonderful example maker. God bless you. Daddy should buy you ice cream tomorrow. And tonight, as you are standing there tonight, I want you to begin to pray. Some of us, as I was speaking, you could see your mistakes. You could see your mistakes. When your shepherd comes to speak to you, you don't know that your shepherd is just a, 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 a what? A, the servant of the father. And you should have said yes and amen, but you misbehaved. It's time for you to say, Lord, forgive me. I didn't know. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's time for you to begin to say, I'm sorry. Lord, now I understand what you wanted. I also, I want, Lord, I don't even dare to ask for a double portion. If I get some of my father's anointing, just give me some, Lord. Just correct yourself right now. Talk to the Lord. Talk to him tonight. Talk to him tonight. Talk to him tonight. Talk to him tonight. Ask him to have mercy on you. Oh, tonight I want you to just repent in front of him. Say, oh, forgive me. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, Oh, Lord, forgive us. Oh, forgive me, Lord. I didn't know, Lord. Ah. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, have mercy on us, Lord. 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 Pardon and deliver us, Lord. Mandolaboboya na help. Oh, yes, Lord. Tonight, you want to just lift up your two hands before the Lord. You want to say, Lord, make me a hard follower. Make me a hard follower, Lord. Make me a hard follower, Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus. Talk to him. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord tonight. Talk to the Lord. Oh, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Somebody, you've been confused. You've been confused. You've been wondering. You've been wondering. But tonight, sort it out with God. Ask for another opportunity. Ask for another chance. Ask for another chance. Oh, ask for another chance. Somebody, you've harbored bitterness in your soul. Tonight, you want to let it go. Tell the Lord, I let it go. Tonight, I let it go. Tonight, I let it go. It does not belong to me. I will not think like this anymore, Lord. I don't need this kind of thinking, Lord. Remove it far from me. Oh, tonight. Tonight is the night to let go. Tonight is the night to let go. Tonight is the night to let go. And tonight is the night to say, Lord, another chance. Oh, another chance. Oh, another chance. Another chance. Another chance, Lord. Another chance. Another chance, Lord. Another opportunity, Lord. Oh, help me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 There's an old song here. I don't know if you know it. I'll never be the same again. I will never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I'll run the race and I will never be the same. Take it again. I will never be the same again. It's your confession. The same again. I'll never return. Oh, I've closed the Oh, I will walk the path. I will walk the path. I'll run the race. And I will never be the same again. It says there are higher heights. There are higher heights. There are deeper seas. Deeper seas. Whatever you need to do, Lord, do it in me, within me. The glory of God fills my life. 
Oh, may his glory fill our lives. My life and I will never be the same. Fall like fire, fall like, soak like rain, soak like, flow like mighty waters, flow like mine again and again. Sweep away the darkness. Sweep away, burn away the chaff, burn away, and let the flame burn, and let the flame burn, to glorify your name. There are higher heights, there are deeper seas, whatever you need to do. Lord, do it in me. The glory of God fills my life. And I will never be the same. Oh, sweet Jesus, may we never be the same again. Touch us tonight. Fill us with your spirit again. Grant us speed to follow. Help us, O oh God. Thank you for the fathers that you've given to us. Lift us up, O oh God. And may we be like Elisha, following all the way. All the way to the end. All the way. We give you all the praise. We give you all the thanks. Tonight, I just want to pray for just one or two people. I may not even lay hands on you. Just stand where you are. You are here. You feel that you are stuck. You have not moved on. You were moving, but as you look at it, you are stuck. I just want you to lift up your hands where you are. And I want to pray a prayer. Father, help us to unstick right now. Help us to continue to move forward again. Help us to continue to follow Lift us up, oh God. Lift us up. Come on, lift those hands up tonight. Lift us up, oh God. Let a fresh anointing come upon us tonight. Let a fresh challenge come upon us tonight. Touch us tonight, oh God. May we never be the same. May we never be the same. I hear it in my ears tonight. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Receive a fresh touch from the Lord tonight. Receive a fresh anointing from the Lord tonight. It's a new chance. It's a new opportunity. You want to just receive an, a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit tonight. Receive it and be encouraged. Receive it and be filled again. Receive new hope. Receive another opportunity. Oh yes. You are going to run and you are going to do major exploits. Oh yes. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Thank you so much for all that you're doing tonight. I give you praise. I thank you for this church and for everyone in it. Let everyone here represent a church that is starting. Let everyone here represent an expansion of the ministry. Let everyone here represent a marvelous work in your kingdom. I commit them to you tonight, Lord. I thank you so much for this opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall say, 
Amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you. And until we come your way again, we've got to check out and we'll see you another time. God bless you. Put your hands together. Receive your pastor. God bless you.